That could be because they use different nope. uh, cables. We're live. One, two, three. Where are we? We're live. Are we live? Yes. We're of live. course. Of course, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll just have to do it the long way, guys. Good evening and welcome to Chasing Prophecy on FM 105.3 in New Orleans, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. I'm Jenny Nicassi, along with my co-hosts, John Kelly and John Ventry. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year's. Hi, Gary. How you doing? I'm glad to see everybody's back online. Unfortunately, my camera is not working because I do not have a camera that's compatible with Windows 11, so I got a new computer, but the camera's messed up, so I hopefully I'll get that straightened out soon. I hope so, too. I hope so, too. I hope everybody had a good New Year. I'll tell um, you what, I don't want to see pork anymore. <laughs> I'm no serious. Pork. Oh, my God, I'm porked out. Oh, I'm you know what? God bless those pigs. That's all I can say, because... <laughs> Is pork a big deal on New Year's Eve? Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah, absolutely. Good luck. Pork? Okay. Yeah, it's just for good luck. You're supposed to have it. It's supposed to be good for good luck. Well, that's yeah. why I never ate it. <laughs> Maybe you should have some tomorrow. It <laughs> don't work that, that way sometimes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, that's a shame. Oh, what are you going to do? Well, yeah. so many things are happening. Did you hear anything about that UFO sighting, John? That we um the, well it wasn't a U what is it a AR what is it you I got a UAP I, you, I, don't, I, I don't care about their new terminology which is actually old terminology but where just, was it um I, I I think it was in Nevada if I'm not mistaken uh, Arizona maybe I'm not sure I, I didn't see anything I heard about it but it was on New Year's you never know there's so many crazy stuff happening already in the news and every little thing now and saying it's a ufo it's a ufo you know so i, I don't know you know the government's trying to push this narrative and uh, you know it, it's a cover for their military that's what it is i so, i believe that's i believe that's the case too yeah uh, gary says great tonight how is everybody there so gary oh, wants to know how to you two are doing. we're hanging in there <laughs> Hopefully it'll be a good year, better than last year. I'm hoping. Yeah, uh, the stock market didn't start off too good. <laughs> no. well, you know, how about how about that football player, Demar Hamlin? Oh yeah, that was yeah. crazy. Almost gone, man. Twenty four years old, and 
here's what's the, 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 the really weird thing about it was a doctor explained that he got hit at the moment when I guess the heart wasn't moving or something like that. It was in between beats. Yeah. Wow. And that's what happened. But 24 years, God bless him. God bless his family. What's the I update? What's the update on him? Do you know? Well, he got from what I understand and from what I've read so far that his vitals came back, okay. but he's still in critical condition. So. But you know, and, and the way the conspiracy—that's why you can't believe anything on the internet. Right away, they said he was vaccinated, and it was from the vaccine. Yeah, my brother told me that earlier. Well, yeah. was it? I don't—I don't know if he was vaccinated, but you know, I—I I didn't see the hit, I didn't see the replay, but I would think if the guy slammed into him and it—it it wasn't happened. that hard, though, John. I seen oh, it. I saw it multiple. No, it was not that hard. No, it wasn't hard at all. I well, mean, maybe it, was, it is then, because I it didn't was, see it. It was—it was a typical. Football tackle is what it was. Well, then you yeah. know what? Then maybe the kid was vaccinated because there's a lot of issues with young people in the vaccine. Yeah, that's what I've I've been hearing a lot of that too, which is very scary. Yeah. But all we got to do is, is we can pray for his family. And yeah, them. that's what we, we just need. have to pray yeah. for his family. Hopefully, and even that quarterback Nick Foles, he got tackled and uh, he went into convulsions. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know if he broke a rib or bruised ribs, but he's out too. Oh, that's a shame. So many weird stuff is happening already. Yeah. I mean, we're losing a lot of people. Um, but 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 is, I thought it was really odd that, I mean, when the Pope, uh, Benedict, what was his name, John Benedict? Benedict. Yeah. He, yeah. John he Benedict, um, passed yeah. away. But someone said, what if it would have happened when he was if he hadn't resigned? Well, then you know, that's the papal prophecy. That yeah, that's the papal prophecy. Be, that's yeah. Malachi Martin. Uh huh. And um, a lot of people think that's the the end of it all, but we'll find out if we're. Well, you know, other that. people said he actually was the last real pope, because this pope here is, uh, you know, he don't really stick to the teachings. You know, he's very wishy-washy. Exactly, that's what I feel. Um, but there's so many things have already happening, and I don't know. I find I find New Year's Eve to be rather depressing. <laughs> I don't do anything. I mean, Christmas. Me neither. I was in bed at 9.30. Yeah, I was about the same. 10 o'clock, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, Christmas Day. You know, there's no family here. You know, so mm -hmm. it's like I watch what's on TV and it's like I'm going to Yeah, bed. well, you know, I had my family here and it was still, it was, I don't know, it's odd. Yeah, no, I, haven't New Year's lost, Eve, it's, it's yeah odd. I haven't lost anybody recently, so. Thank yeah. God. Yeah, God. It's tough when you lose somebody and you try to carry on the traditions. Like my mother, she she did everything, and now I'm trying to be that. You know, the, it's like the passing of the guard. You know, the changing of the yeah. guard. You know, like oh, I can't do what my mom did. I'm not. I, I can't do it. You know, I tried well, my yeah. best, and I hope I did a good job. But you know, even for me, Christmas has always been a downer because for 29 years since I got divorced. The kids were with my ex, so I got mm -hmm. them for Thanksgiving. So I never, I haven't celebrated Christmas maybe twice in 29 years. So mm -hmm. you know, because the kids are never with me. A couple of times they were. Um, so to me, Christmas is nothing. You know, I just want to get another it day. With. Yeah, because well, a lot of people family. feel that way. It's tough. There's a lot of people suffering out there, and a lot of depression at the yeah. holidays. Yeah, I agree. And I a agree. lot of people cannot wait for it to be over. And yeah. it's just it's a lot of work and a lot of preparation and getting putting the house back to 
in order is going to be tough. I find that to be very hard. It might take me a couple mm -hmm. weeks to do that because it takes well, me a long time. Well, that's the plus. I've put my tree up three times in the last 29 years. Oh, geez. So I don't have to take it down. <laughs> well, we're going to talk tonight about a lot of, um, I don't, I wouldn't call it prophecies. I would call it predictions um, for the new year. And we have Jeff Harmon back on the show and he's going to discuss the outlet outlook for 2023 and various energies that are likely going to affect that. So without further ado, let me go ahead and bring him on. Uh, just bear with me because like I said, I'm using a new computer and it's not very easy. And I, I, I like my windows 10 better, but welcome to chase and prophecy. Mark, how are you tonight? I'm doing yeah. good. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Happy hey, new year. Happy, happy new year to you too. Yeah. Yeah. It's even good. though it's a Gregorian calendar new year, but yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not really sure what that is, so you're going to have to explain that one for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, the, the calendar was after yeah. Pope Gregory. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, the Jewish New Year is until like two weeks or 10 days from now, right? I think something like that. No, Rosh Hashanah's uh, already long past that. that oh, was that back. already passed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's already long gone. Well, yeah. The Chinese New Year, I think, is the 25th. Yep, something like that. Yeah. yeah. New so, Year, old year. So, we may be celebrating that sooner than we think. They might take yeah. over. Oh, you know what? Up here, when I, we're not looking. Well, let me ask you something before we get started, Jeff. We had a psychic on the show last last week, and she was discussing saying that 2023 was the, going to be the the worst year yet, and she predicted that we are going to get into um, not so much. Um, what did she say? We're going to get into it with Russia. Uh, there was another, yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're going to get into a conflict or a war with Russia. What do you think about that? Well, from the looks of the astrology, it looks pretty dicey. I'll tell you that. It really does. Um, yeah, uh, I, it's, it, I think that we're going to see some real terrorist stuff. And that's, that's what the owners want to get us into. They want to get us yep. into a war. Yeah. Well, I tell you so what they're staring us into. Yep, Jeff. If you remember about a year ago, Russia and China had a meeting, right? And, and then That's right. maybe it was a month, two months later, Russia invades the Ukraine. And I think the deal was China was going to watch it very closely to see if we just kind of gave Ukraine away. And the, the deal was they were going to invade Taiwan. So they still may do that because I think that was the deal between Putin and Xi was to invade both those countries. Yeah. It's it's some dicey stuff. Uh, everybody seems to be dancing to some people at the top of the pyramid. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I figure then if they do that, we can invade Cuba. Then we can have the baseball team in Havana, and that'd be a great series between Miami and Havana. <laughs> <laughs> See, I always find a bright side. Even with global warming, I tell people I just want to take the cruise from Boston around the Northwest Passage and come out the other side. <laughs> Well, I want to apologize for one because I called you Mark for some reason. I don't know yeah. why I called right. you Mark. You I think I did that last are. time. I think I, I did that care. before. You can call me anything you want. I don't <laughs> Jeff. care. Just, just but, keep the expletives out of it on the air. That's <laughs> Mark Carmen. Yeah, I've been called a lot Mark of stuff Carmen. in my lifetime. Mark Carmen. I think hey, Jeff, I Mark Carmen. You never met here. my old man. You you should hear the names he invented for all, <laughs> all of us kids. And you, I don't really understand astrology. And, you know, I, I see it referenced all through Greek and Roman time. And I think even the Bible sometimes refers to when the stars are aligned or certain whatever. But uh, explain how it works. Because to me, 
they're trillions of miles away. I look up, so what? I see stars. <laughs> you know, how does it work? Are, are we on the air yet? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, good. Okay, good. Well, well, that's a really good question because, you know, hard physicists, you know, a, a really dear friend of mine just passed away. His name was Claude Swanson. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He was making the rounds on Coast to Coast and he was promoting his books, which are really good books, The Synchronized Universe and uh, and Paths of the Soul. You know, he had a lot of great books out. And um, I, I have him actually on my YouTube channel, Jeff Harmon Astrologer on YouTube. So if you ever want to check him out. But he he and I had some wonderful discussions. And also I, I had given some talks at IONS a while, a while back, of course, to astronaut Edgar Mitchell. And everyone brings this stuff up. You know, what is astrology? The gravity? The planets are so far away. How could it work, right? And I, I really think you can't look at gravity. You know, all, all the hard sciences look at energies that dissipate like the inverse square law. It dissipates with distance, right? So you can't apply that to what you can in some senses in location astrology. But this stuff is really, when you get into the ancient world, uh, particularly, and it's not that ancient, probably prior to the 1700s, the, the, the Industrial Revolution really began uh, astrologically uh, right about when George Washington was fighting for the British in the French Indian war, which was right about 1762. And uh, what's interesting about that there all the way back to the flood of Noah, it was talked about how the conjunctions, meaning the alignments of Jupiter and Saturn would really show the, um, the, the points in, you could say the world that changed. So here's the thing. Everyone today is thinking, you know, gravity. They're thinking all these waves and energy and frequencies, which, you know, there's all of that too. But the ancient world prior to that, particularly the Masons and the Rosicrucians and the Egyptians and the Chaldeans and the Vedas, all these wonderful ancient societies that knew that this was really hierarchies of angels. And, and I don't think you can put this in a scientific context quite the way we think in the modern world, because they would literally talk about how all the planets would have archangels, angels, spirits, and intelligences. They were literally a hierarchy. And, you know, everybody runs around in the modern world calling themselves Libras and Scorpios and Aries and, you know, the sun sign, love, light, and clueless astrology. And the ancient world never had that. They never, ever came close to that. It was always looking at the chart, particularly in India. That's the stuff that I love an awful lot. Is the It's called Vedic, Vedic. astrology. Yeah, yeah. Vedic. And there's many branches of that. There's uh, Parashara, that's named after Maharishi Parashara, and then Maharishi Jaimini. But the one that really intrigues me the most is the Nadi astrology. I mean, I, I remember years ago, I had this teacher who was an old man who actually did astrology for the Rothschilds. I shouldn't mention that on air, but I will. Um, he was really an amazing guy. And he would take charts and do astrology like I have never seen before. And ever since that time, I've been enamored with naughty astrology. He would literally say, oh, this person will get married here. They'll do this here. They'll get sick there and they'll die about here. And I'd go, okay. And then I would test him with different charts and he'd be right on like he would explain things about you know the childhood the education the profession the parents you know, i do i do readings all the time 
using these techniques. And now everybody tries to deify me. And I go, whoa, I said, I am just the mailman. And I was blessed to learn this stuff. And no one will ever fully learn it. I'm very humbled at how sacred of a science this is. So you're really looking at what is astrology? It's the science of the soul. And that's exactly what Vedic astrology, its true name was. It was called Jyotisha, which is a strange word in Sanskrit that means the science of the light of the soul. In fact, a friend of mine, Chakrapani, if anyone listening is familiar with him, he was quite well known. He was in Santa Monica. And I really liked Chakrapani. We'd go out to dinner, he and Howard Beckman and a few other astrologers. And uh, he's the guy who probably coined that phrase in the 60s. He said, Americans are never going to know what Jyotisha means, so we'll call it Vedic astrology. And uh, that really stuck. And um, that's really what it is. It's, it's truly a matrix. I always say, forget Trinity, Neo, and Morpheus, even though it was a great movie, especially the first one. But I, I always say, really, it's the science of the soul. And the astrology is not us. It's really the angelic forces that were in play that are reflective of the soul's position in its path. And that's a lot different than, oh, you're a Pisces or an Aries. Yeah. Oh. Let me ask you something else. I read something recently that said that some souls are much more powerful than others. And some people were actually, you know, born to be leaders. They have a much higher, stronger soul. And then I'm thinking, well, you got nine levels of angels and, and demons. And then in India, you got the caste system. And I don't know a lot about uh, Vedic. Maybe they have a system like that too. I mean, uh, it really shows that there's not a whole lot of equality then, <laughs> right? So why do you think that they have these caste system levels mm. of angels? It's very unequal to me, and uh, it is. but is apparently is that the way it is? Because some people do have much more aggressive souls. You know, oh, they're yeah. born to be leaders. You know, yep. it's just it's like you just look at them and said that guy's presidential. You know. Oh yeah, well yeah. Look, look at you know everybody hates it. I can't bring him up, but when Donald Trump won, I said he's going to win. Why? Because he had a primary direction, yeah. and we all have primary directions. See, when we're spanked on the rear end in the delivery room. The the celestial imprint is not us. I think it's reflective of where the soul is. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is really a matrix of souls. And what's interesting is as we live each year uh, equals a rotation of a day on its on the Earth's axis. And if you're a flat earther, it's still the celestial model. And um, it, it, these progressions are profound. I mean, they're profound. I um, I was a skeptic of astrology. I got into astrology in the mid seventies, and um, my mother, you know, I, I I grew up in northern Wisconsin. It was like Dukes of Hazard up there, right? And uh, it was crazy, a lot of fun, and uh, snowmobiles, motorcycles, cars, and I, I drove semis before I drove cars. You know, my dad had a logging company, so. Um, I didn't believe in any of this stuff. You know, my mother, when I started driving in the seventies, my mother, you know, would peg my girlfriends. Well, that girl's like this. And I go, well, how do you know? You know? <laughs> and it would be so specific and, you know, you're not going to get along or you're going to like her or whatever, you know, and um, really deep personality traits. And I go, what the heck are you doing? And she goes, well, I've got their astrology charts. And I said, come on, that stuff doesn't work. You know, same thing like you guys are saying, you know, the gravity's too weak and all that stuff, you know? And she says, no, 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 no. She says, just give it a shot and understand this before you get into it. So I did. And I have to say, 
it, it really changed my mind. And then by the late seventies, you know, we thought we were cool because we had the Commodore 64. And then we went to the 128. Remember those, the floppy disks and all that. Yeah. And then finally, um, you know, in the eighties, I was using the DOS programs and I met Robert Hand and the whole camp of translators out of Hebrew and Latin and all this stuff. And we started really looking into the ancient world. And uh, I love Robert Hand. He's one of the three Roberts who were kind of responsible for bringing and reviving the ancient world, though that happened prior to that, but uh, Pingree back in the 70s and many other professors had done that. But it was really a, a journey for me because it was like, wow. And then at the time in the 80s, I had a recording studio and we were doing all kinds of commercial work. I was doing acoustical design work. I even got to do forensics work uh, for state and county and federal work. You know, I, I went from, you know, recording rock and roll bands to going in state and federal prisons, voice printing people. <laughs> it was pretty wow. bizarre, but uh, a lot of fun. And, and I, I, what was so fun for me was the parallel journey of this linear left brain world and science. And I actually was teaching a physics class at Carthage College. I, I had a school that we taught audio engineering. And I, I loved it because, you know, you got this left brain, hard science world. And then over on the other side, you know, I got my mother and all this esoteric research I was doing. You know, I, I'd see people coming in the studio who, you know, were, you know, college graduates playing violins on commercials. And then I'd get some guy with a bone in his nose from a punk rock band. And I'm like, wow. And, and, you know, back to what you said before. I think what's so stunning about Vedic astrology is I don't believe the astrology is limiting us. I think the astrology is reflective of where the soul is. Is there a way I can share a screen? I could show you something really fast. Yeah, no problem. I can help you. Go ahead and um, what oh. do you what do you want to? I think uh, just share a screen. Um, yeah. How do I do that? Yeah, you should be able to on your end by saying it says share screen. I see. Present settings. Presents. On presents. Present. Ah, there we go. Ah, share the screen. Perfect. Uh, let me just do this really quick because this, I think, sets it up so much better. Um, I'm going to share the entire screen. There we go. So there we go. Perfect. So now let me jump over here. This diagram, I think, sets it forward so elegantly. This is one of my favorite diagrams to show people. Let me see if I can find a doggone thing. This one right here, no matter what your religious beliefs are, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm with George Carlin. The best thing to come out of the religions was the music. But um, not, not that there isn't a lot of wonderful things in religions. And, you know, back in the 80s, I actually was hired by, I actually got to record Mother Teresa and film her in the early 80s. She had just won the Nobel Peace Prize. And a lot of people think she was a tr child trafficker. Now, I can't speak to that, but my opinion is I don't believe that. I think she might have unbeknownst had something like that happen in her organization, but I don't believe Mother yeah, Teresa was a child I, trafficker. No, I, I get a hard time with that. Her, like the whole Catholic, you know, they get infiltrated. They don't yep, recruit they do. these people. They, they are targeted and get infiltrated. You are so right. And I have to tell you, I'll, I'll speak a little bit out of school here. I was hired by a number of very high-level religious, like Jesuit and societies that uh, I my studio was hired to do 
filming and recording of many retreats at very high level Jesuits out of Rome. And uh, you mentioned Malachi Martin when I was in the room and uh, fun stuff because Malachi Martin was a very interesting man. And I got to meet uh, Mother Teresa. Um, I, I was filming on Lake Michigan, just north of Chicago, a little town called Kenosha, Wisconsin. And uh, the guy who hired me said, you know, Jeff, make sure you got all the film and the videotapes and the audio tapes are ready because we, we got a very important guest. He wouldn't tell me. And all of a sudden the police show up with Bob's, bomb sniffing dogs and everything else. And long story short, um, I end up um, hugging Mother Teresa and filming her for like two and a half hours. And she was a really wonderful lady. I don't care what anybody says. My opinion was she didn't like all the attention at all. I, I think she was quite potentially um, unhappy with with the, uh, you know, just stop for a minute. I think she was unhappy with the publicity she got because I noticed a lot of the people were running around getting that photo op with Mother Teresa. And I could see the unhappiness in her face. Mm -hmm. And she hardly said a word in the two and a half hours that we filmed this round table in the top of this mansion. And I know because I was right there, you know, running cameras and making sure all the guys were, were doing stuff right. And so I got to really watch her and study her. In my opinion was she wasn't too happy with the publicity. And I think she was kind of ushered in. But anyways, not to get so far off track. Um, the bottom line is, and why I brought her up is I, I noticed, you know, it's a, it's a business. Uh, a lot of these religions are businesses. There are a lot of wonderful people in religions, but you know, um, God always needs money, doesn't he? Hey, but uh, and I noticed hey, they right extra guy. Yeah. Uh, Neil Carr has a question. He goes, has, he says, what are your opinions of astrotheology being the basis of the four Gospels as well as the 15 other religions predating Christianity? Well, I think there's a lot of truth to it. Um, I, I think some of the oldest texts that I know of are the Puranas uh, in India, of course, the Rig Vedas and the Ajur Vedas, Samhitas, they're really old. In fact, there may be 20,000 plus documents in the Madras Library in India. Nobody knows how to even translate them. They can't even figure them out. And they're all they're cryptographic. And one of the oldest texts that kind of pertains to that, they don't call it astral theology, but is the Sefer Ratziel. That's called the Book of the Archangel Ratziel which is believed to rule the eighth sphere outside of the solar system and, and literally the fixed stars. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. And the book is chuck full of angels. And now you start seeing what goes on in Egypt. They would salutate the sun at sunrise and all the angels at noon, at sunset, at midnight. And they knew that all these spirits and angels were involved in the uh, astrology or in the heavens, if you will. It's very interesting stuff. And it's all angels. And, and I, I, you know, I've had the blessing of doing this kind of work now for a long time, getting close. God, I can't believe it. Almost a half a century. It's like 47 years since I was exposed going on 40. And it's really been profound to, to see that the more I get into it, the more you realize you don't know. And the more you realize how, divine and vast this all is. And I want to show you, that's what I was about to do a minute ago. I just didn't want to stay on that diagram. Let me just show you, I got to do this again. Excuse me here. There we go. Bing bong. Now we've got it. So I can, am I sharing? I think, yes, I am. So let me 
start back over here. This diagram is really kind of simplistic, but it's really demonstrative of how I think it's quite possible the hierarchy might work. Whatever your belief in God is, divine light, you know, all seeing light, whatever, Jesus, Buddha, whatever, um, divine light or divinity or something very, very intelligent and divine is above all creation is the theology. Then we see down here, these are the light coming down. And of course, a lot of people think this is the Kabbalah, but it's really, really just ancient sacred wisdom. They say our soul is created right here. And this is, no, there's no astrology up here. Uh, there's a, a world called absolute, and these are the angels believed to rule them, the seraphims, cherubims, and the thrones. And it's interesting, if you go into other cultures, particularly like the Vedantic, the Tamil, Dravidian, and Sanskrit, you'll find they got the same general model. They just call them different. We call them angels. They call them deities. So uh, they claim there's 49 dimensions and 49 subdimensions up here. And it's exceedingly vast beyond human comprehension. The next world's down, Bryos, where the waters of creation get more dense. These are the angels that rule it. It's way down here, hundreds of dimensions below your soul is believed to be created, is the Yetzirahic world. And many people will have heard of a book called the Sefer Yetzirah, which Sefer's book in Yetzirah just means formation, or you could say the solidification of matter. And this is where the rotating galaxies, you know, the amino acids, the black holes, the stars, all that stuff appears to be. And we don't even know how big the universe is. Many people speculate. I certainly don't know. Um, it, and our Milky Way, you know, in the speck edge of it could be way down here, just metaphorically. And here's what's mind blowing. They claim there could be 49 parallel universes and 49 subdimensions in each one. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that's way beyond my little noodle being able to comprehend. <laughs> so that's uh, a lot. And the last worlds, Asaya, is known as the astral planes. Now, this is the place where the ghosts and the spirits and the demons and all the stuff we hear about happens. And of course, you know, we're in these meat suits called bodies, right? Well, here's the, the legend. And I don't think this is a legend. There's a text <clears throat> called the Legends of the Spirit and the Soul. It's called the Sefer Haggadah. And it dates way back to the Egyptian and on and on. And they claim an angel selects the soul out of what we call time. You know, uh, in other words, we're not in it. There is no time other than the mechanics of the celestial rotation of the earth and the cycles of the moon and the year. So they say that angel actually attaches the spirit, psyche, and soul by silver cord to the embryo in mom's womb at conception. And, but it's not fully there. It's just by silver cord. In the nine months or whatever it ends up being, you know, gestation, which most women know, it's, you know, a lot. And when that water breaks, yeah, that baby's got to come out pretty doggone soon, or you're going to have trouble for both the mother and the baby. And they say that that is actually timed by that angel. And when the child exits the womb, it's at first breath that the spirit is tied in and the psyche and the soul, but the celestial imprintation, in other words, the position of the earth and all the celestial alignments are commensurate with that soul's, you could say, reflective 
energy. So all these astrologers running around saying, oh, you're a Pisces in air. It's exactly the back. I think it's exactly opposite. I think we are a reflection of the celestial heavens at the time that we were put in these bodies. And then we're knocked out. This is all really well described in a Hebrew text, Aramaic and Hebrew text called the Share HaGilgum, which means the gates of reincarnation. And you know, our fine bearded men in Rome have told us there's no reincarnation. You're all sinners and you're all going to hell, right? But you got to pay us first and so we'll get you a good seat. But but in all seriousness, <laughs> it's kind of how it is. And, you know, yeah. It's like, I love the Blues Brothers, remember? No problem, we'll get you $5,000, whack, you know. And then, you know, <laughs> they beat the crap out of them. So Blues Brothers was the best one. But anyhow, uh, long story short, uh, I believe that's how it is. And, and the Vedic astrology, particularly the old stuff, not the more modern translations, but the Nadi astrology, it's so accurate. It's creepy. It's creepy. You, I mean, people will say to me, Jeff, how did you know my dad was this? Well, well look at the chart. You know, the, you know, don't deify me. If you learn this, you also would see that these, they're called planetary combinations called yogas. They're, they're just combinations. And they're, they're really interesting. It's all arranged by the degrees and minutes through what we call the zodiac. And more importantly, something called the lunar mansion. And, hey, uh, hey well, hold on, hold on. Before you take off, put that slide yeah. back up. Because I got one? a question. The one you just had up there for five yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. I got a question. Hmm. Why are principalities missing? They should have been between powers and archangels. You're missing a level there of principalities. Well, they actually call these different things. I've heard the seraphims and the cherubims and the thrones also be referred to as the orphanum. So they're in there. It's just, you know, I, I don't want to get the diagram too complex. Well, there should be, yeah, there should be nine, nine levels of angels. That's I just noticed. There should yep. be another principalities between powers. Yeah, and there's there's a lot to angels, and there's a lot yeah. of different versions. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you certainly – these are the older – major classifications and um there's orphanum in there there's the uh the holy uh you could say high often animals there's a lot that i haven't put in here and i'm not claiming this is definitive yes. but yeah. you're you know clearly um it's exceedingly complex and this diagram is so simplistic to the way right. it probably really is i mean this is a way to wrap our lower conscious minds around an exceedingly complex Matrix hey, of creation. Hey, again, um, leave yeah, that up. Neil Carr has a quite not a question, but he wants to ask this to you. I think it's incredible that something divine has revealed this arctable whatever story of the sun and the twelve zodiac signs. It makes him wonder if other star systems also have very similar zodiacs? Mm -hmm. That is a good question. Um, you know, I, I can only speak to this. There are secret societies, and I have some of these texts where there are other uh, reference points where there's 13 signs. Um, you've got the 28 lunar mansions that the Egyptians and the Chaldees had, and um, the, you know, the, the ancient worlds. Even in India, some, one of the oldest, in, and I, I agree, I think if we only know what we know, and I believe that there are probably many, many worlds, in fact, I know they are in my own heart, I, I've had, you know, 
you could say experience with that in an astral sense that there are other places like that um hey jeff you know what i find interesting too is when you talk about the fallen angels right and in the bible uh, it says your our battle is against powers and principalities right mm -hmm. i've always taken that to mean that the fallen angels were the bottom four levels angels, they are archangels principalities and powers that's why the, the battles between powers and principalities, the more stronger of the, of the fallen angels, even though Lucifer was a seraphim, the other cherubim, thrones, dominions, virtues, virtues did not go with Satan in, in the fall. That's the way I've always read that. The battle is between powers and principalities. So it was the bottom four levels, not the top five that were involved in the fall, other than Satan, who was a cherubim. Yeah, the oh, books true. of Enoch, the books of Enoch get yeah. into some really cool stuff about that. Yeah. Just one uh, more comment before you move on. When you talked yeah. about the soul and the silver cord and the soul huh. entering at the point of birth, I can tell you that that's correct. Because, because I, the day that my daughter gave birth to mm. our, my first grandson, um, I was waking up. And right before I woke up, I saw the silhouette of a woman, and she says to me, she's in a field of butterflies right now. Wow. And I wake up, and I said, what? What the hell does that mean? You know? Yeah, yeah. So I tried texting my daughter. Later, when I got my daughter, she was in labor right then. You know? And I looked up, what do wow. butterflies mean? Butterflies symbolize a child, the birth of a child, the soul entering the birth of a child so what's the odds of me having that vision oh yeah at the moment that she's delivering so and i think the soul goes in at that moment that the kid has its first breath you know at delivery it certainly gets tied to it you, you yeah. are so right you know i i have to tell a quick story my son um who's now just 21 and um he'll be entering his 22nd year soon um my my wife we we I actually looked at her birth chart and said, you know, you you've got a I met her at a gas station in Malibu, right? And that sounds you know, gas station don't sound too sexy, but when you throw Malibu in there, I guess it works. So and we, I, and I was, yeah. So so uh, we met and then we ended up having a child three years later. And she was pregnant and I got to pick we actually picked the time to conceive, which I do that for a lot of women. Um, especially now I've actually worked with doctors and we pick astrological times to inseminate mm. or couples can do prayers and try and attract a soul that's more maybe beneficial to their evolution. And it's really interesting is conception. Uh, the Egyptians knew was really important and most astrology can't, there's calculations. Um, Ptolemy and Dorotheus and other Egyptians had, formulas for calculating backwards reverse engineering from the first breath to figure out when that conception might have been. So I was lucky I got to pick the conception time. And uh, when he, my son was ready to be born, she, she Camille's only five one, And, you know, my kid was like almost nine pounds, a little over. Wow. And so it was a big baby. And what happened was we had to induce and I knew she was going to go C-section. So I said, God, if you can have that child within this window of time with the C-section, he's going to be born with 
the moon conjuncting exalted Venus and some other good yogas in the chart. And uh, that's what happened. Well, here's the thing. I actually, in the delivery room, uh, the doctor thought I was crazy. I took in some, they're called ancient angelic squares that are believed to push back the demonic forces that are actually connected with the moon's angularity and the earth's angularity. There, it's called the demon Nama, and there's many legends about that. And it's believed to protect the child. So I put them on the four walls to the doctor. I said, do you mind if I put these up? He looked at me and goes, what the heck are those? He said, yeah, go ahead. He said, I don't care. As long as you don't get in my way, I'm good. So, okay, great. So I put them up and I'm holding her hands her hand and they they put the epidural you know prior to that and i got to watch around the the tent and i it was pretty graphic when they cut someone open i mean it's pretty amazing how many fluids and tissues there are in the body it's it's quite graphic and they pulled my son out and i could see the umbilical cord now all, all the water dripping and all of a sudden i never expected i did not see any shapes or wings or anything two illuminations came in and right when they he cried they joined and right. I, the whole room illuminated and every time i tell the story i get goose pimples <laughs> it's it was so amazing and i mean literally i remember they cut the umbilical cord really quick cleaned her up and they started sewing her up and i went around and grabbed them and it, you could just feel the the blessed energy in a child is so powerful see that's where artificial intelligence is never going to be like that you know we see the boston robotics you know the ro robots flipping over and the military's got some pretty advanced stuff right now and i'm telling you they're never going to instill a soul and a spirit now they'll certainly beat us on the lower conscious level you know, I, I had an old guy that that I had the blessings of working from. He was one of the top military uh, developers of planned position radar in World War II. And he said, Jeff, we did all these studies about how efficient a human being can be. He says, we find no human being can be over 60% efficient. I said, geez, why is that? Well, we've got to go to the bathroom. You get thirsty. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to scratch your, you know, so it's, it's like we're not like machines and we never will be we're spiritual beings having a physical experience so you know elon musk and ai and Neuralink and all it's coming it's coming folks those, in fact those, on the go ahead those, those charts you put up there in the yeah. delivery do they go back to uh enochian or the book of i think it's soiga where they had these squares with uh angelic words writing in it and each square represented one letter I don't know if you're familiar with any of that, but it goes back oh, to yeah. John, John Dean. Yeah, yeah John that's Dean all and, and all of that. Yeah, ciphers, yeah. Yeah, there's cyphers. Well, that goes right back to antiquity. See, that yeah. that's, you know, when you look at what our fine bearded men in Rome, the, the men who were murdering each other for the first 300 years to decide what Christians might get to believe, the, the, um, they threw all that stuff in the garbage can. And I think one of the biggest problems with the Vulgate translations was you lost all the ciphers, gematria, numerology, and yeah. notricon that is encrypted in the Psalms. Talk about stuff that Rome won't even let in. You know, they smack the Psalms in the middle of the Bible between the New and the Old Testament. And the shame is there's a book called the Shemush Tehillim. 
which is the Psalms. Shemush means like method of or something of the Psalms. Do you know that some of the Psalms may be 4,000 years old and no one knows? I certainly don't know. And mm. there's angels encrypted in there. And this all gets into ancient magic because the angels that surround the firmament, the 72, are the Goetic angels in Exodus. You know, so you're all sinners and you're all going to hell isn't giving much, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, the Christian messages and the messages of Moses, because they're all really based in a lot of truth. But the problem is, you know, they don't tell us how to do anything, do they? Not a single thing other than, you know, put your money in the basket when we pass. And I'm not here to bash religions because there's a lot of really good people in them. But there's also some very questionable political things that have been entered in, like Malachi Martin rightly said he said he said, he actually said they were trying to kill him yeah. um and let, i think let, he me, was right. let me just go back for a second do you think yeah. where does magic come from mm. you know because i remember reading ham this was he a son of noah had a book of magic i mean you're like i don't know how many wait, the second generation you know you have noah and then ham so that's about eight nine generations in but the second you know generation off the ark if it's true he had a book of magic. Magic. So does magic? Does mag, Where does it come from? Does it come from the devil? It, it really. Well, that's an interesting thing. Is it a trick? You know. I, I don't claim to know, but I can tell you what I do know. Um, it, it, apparently, you know, every culture seems to have some similar parallel to the yeah. Adam and Eve story. Um, we go into the Vedanta, the war in heaven, the, the, the Bhagavad Gita has the same thing. The ancient Indians here in, in America and in other places, the Chinese, they all have some story of a war with the angels and they were cast down. And what's interesting is when that happened, it really does appear that these guys, Lucifer, Satan, Belial, and Leviathan, were cast down. Now, what's been watered down, and there are some really smart rabbis that I've worked with who know a lot about gematria, and there's something called the Torah. Well, we know it in the West as the, the Old Testament. And there's a whole bunch more going on with that than meets the eye. There's gematria, which is, again, numerology. And there's ciphers where you literally drop the Aramaic and Hebrew through different codes, and you will end up with all these exceedingly complex uh, matrices of angels that are interacting and are almost like gatekeepers. Well, where I think it came from was it, it appears, and this is my theory, I think the angels that were cast down, Lucifer, Satan, Belial, and Leviathan, are literally incarcerated here, not just in the earth, but in maybe this dimension of the universe at the very molecular level. Think about that. Every atom so far as we know, is positive, negative, proton, neutron, right? Or pro yeah. I should say proton, electron, everything, day and night. Everything is juxtaposing forces. Yep. You know, Good and evil, everything. Every, Cain and Abel. So it, it's like they were imprisoned here. You know, not to be graphic, but throw go, go take a look at your garbage sometime. You'll see larvae, which turn into, of course, flies. And I hear Belial in many of these... See, there's these four, and then there's eight beneath them, and there's legions upon legions upon legions upon legions beneath them. And they appear 
to hate the human race. This is why we hear about the new one world order. And I mean, look at George Soth. He, he looks like the Sith. I mean, in Star Wars, he, you know, you can see the evil in some yeah. of these people. Or Dracula and, in that one from 1992, the uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. It looks just like yeah. him. <laughs> they really look like that. I've actually seen people shapeshift. I've actually seen hands turn in the claws. I've seen people like shoot up to like eight feet tall in their auras and you go whoa is okay is that my imagination you know wow. but I, I know it's not because i've seen them react that i saw that i saw they did that that's you know, crazy and, and, dude it is crazy and and we hear all these stories you know with tartaria and the giants and all the stuff and the stuff that's going on underground and the secret bases is it true it just might be um maybe more than we know and what's interesting is you know, usually we get a, a guy with a suit, tie, and a microphone telling us about the devil, right? But it's just a little bit deeper than that. Um, you know, always we hear either Satan or Lucifer, right? We never hear about Belial, who's really the one who tries to force magic onto everyone. They, they, a lot of these secret societies, they all get infiltrated. They, they get... They get literally infiltrated through the auras. And this is what's happened to the religion. And almost all of us are are literally intertwined on some level with, they call them clipbaw, where we're born into these physical worlds. They actually say the earth is a place of purification and rectification of the soul. That actually may be really true. The, the text, if anybody wants to go down the rabbit hole on that one, this is a really cool text. It's called the Sharar Hagilgum, which Sharar just means gate, Hagilgum means cycling. And the, boy, I'll tell you what, when you get done reading this one, it, it, you, you really, you know, bend your noodle around. There's another one called the Nefesh Hasitzim. Now, that's a strange word. Nefesh actually means the lower conscious mind. And one of my favorite diagrams to show on this, which really relates to astrology. See, this big thick dash line is the demarcation between what modern psychology might say is the conscious mind below this line or the division and up above is the so-called subconscious mind. But a much better metaphor might be, this is the present personality. And here's what's really mysterious. And I, I don't know anyone who could answer this fully. This big thick dash line is also synonymous with this little mark that the angel is believed to make, we all have it between the nose and the upper lip. That's the kiss of the angel to make us forget where we came from. So at that legends, actually, they, and I say that happens at first breath, that that mark is made to divide the so-called conscious subconscious mind. But I think it's a lot deeper than that. I think it blocks us. We can go to psychics and intuitives and astrologers. We'll get a lot of information for sure, but you'll never get it all. You know, you can't see the vividness of three or four or five lifetimes back and where you came from. Moreover, it's really hard to see the Gordian knot that we all seem to have tied with our soul roots to all the people we interact with. This might not just be mom and dad and grandpa and grandma. This could be people we marry, people we fight with, people we give birth to, people we interact with, people who sue us or not sue us. I mean, it's complex. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you, but I can tell you the astrology is so accurate. It's creepy 
when these energies release. See, here, here's something even more cool. Let me add something else yeah. to that before you go. I also believe in, in soul ties that I believe every person that you've had sex with is then tied with you forever, like their soul <laughs> in the next generation, almost like a relative. I, I think everyone that you've you've coupled with, let's say, I, I think there's a soul tie with those people. Could be right. I don't know about that one. Um, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of mysteries to the soul. The only thing I could tell you astrology is really good at is you can certainly see when the gates are opening for elements of marriage, divorce, uh, diseases, prosperity, all this stuff is really amazing how it shows up. There's windows or gates in the astrology by the transits and the progressions and the what they call Vedic doshas. Those are time periods. So it's really stunning. Even location astrology, um, like you can take your birth chart and you extrapolate across the globe where it is you live. And see, like, watch, I'll just show you this. Everyone will have different energies. And this is very linear. So people like this. And you can see up here at the upper left, that's latitude. And the next set of digits is longitude. So those really become your friends. So every person is going to have, the by virtue of their birth chart, energies that are imprinted across the world. I don't care where you move. You, you go to Europe, you go to Southeast Asia, you go to South America, you're going to have something somewhere. And wow, is it accurate. So you not only have the major planets and, you know, everyone always says to me, Jeff, show me the best place to go live. And I go, well, there's a few more flavors on the menu than worst and best. Because and <laughs> there is. And all these horizontal lines are your own personal ley lines. So it's really quite mysterious, you know, how powerful this stuff is. And again, it's not gravity. It's not anything like that. Um, even gemstones. I make a lot of talismanic gemstones for people. I, I get untreated, untreated natural gems. And I don't try and sell anybody gems, but I do a lot for people. I make talismans like the kings. And the, they knew it caused auric field protection. And the gems, the crystals have resonances like tuning forks to the various planetary energies. And it's, I think, a lot deeper than just frequencies. They're, they're just like tuning forks. That's why natural untreated gems set at a really good time. I, I literally set them to your birth chart as a talisman so that the planet ruling the gem is well aspected in the sky. And then you set it when it fits your birth chart. You're never going to get a jeweler to do that. But can all you do, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeff, but can you do mine? I know you did mine when the last time you were on, but can you do it again? Oh yeah. Well, if, if I did you last time you were on, uh, give me your correct spelling of your name and all that. And I, I, I probably got you in here. What, where, where would that, S-H-A-W-N. What do you want to look at? What do you want to look at? The location? The location and if anything changed since. Oh, well, <laughs> we could be here for a while. Um, a okay, year. hang on. Yeah, I mean, that's that stuff takes me a little time. Um, but we can get there pretty quick. Okay, so Sean S. Sean K. S-H-A-W-N. S-H-A-W-N. So... All right, we're getting close here. S H. I see Sean Hannity. No. A W. Okay. What, what's your last name? 
Kelly? Kelly. K-E-L-L-Y? You might be in an older archive here. Let me see. So I got the name S-H-W-N, right? S-H-A-W-N. Yes. And Kelly, yeah, you're not in here. So you probably are in an older archive because I, I do a lot of clients. So I might have. But here, let me crank you in again. So um, hang on. So um, what we got to do um, is S-H-A-W-N and K-E-L-L-Y. Yes, sir. What's the month of year? Um, the month? Oh, when yeah. I was born? Yeah. <laughs> June. Fourth, 1962. Six, four, Sorry. 1953? No, 62. That's, oh, 62. He looks, he looks like 1953. <laughs> that's not nice. Right. I know, but it's me. What do you want? Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, 6462. At what time? Uh, I do Pittsburgh. All right. The land of Fetterman. All right. Oh, Pittsburgh. oh, oh I know. Pittsburgh, PA. <laughs> well, let, let me see if I can read this here. Hang on a minute. I, I'm going to see if I can't get a hit on this. Let me just see here. Um, yeah, you're born after one. How do you know that, Jeff? Hello. Yeah, just a minute. Hang on. No, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Hang on. I'm just I'm trying to get his birth time. Just give me a second here. Sean, you have your birth certificate anywhere nearby? You can actually look at it. I don't uh, think it has the time. Uh, mine does. I have mine's upstairs. I, I know Yours actually said the time? Yeah. Yeah, Are you talking about the original well, yeah, one from do. the hospital? Of, most yeah, people have yeah. their birth time. Yeah, oh, it's on there. <clears throat> I, it's hard to read with all of you on there, but I, I can tell. Let's see. You seem to be around 122, 20 something, 23. I don't know. 122, 23, possibly. It's probably going to be on your birth certificate. And, okay. you know, I don't even find birth certificates are that accurate either and the reason being you know usually when someone's born you're born in the early 60s that's before uh the movements of of digital that was all mechanical movements back then and um i i got you about there um i could be off because you know it's i'm not really concentrated let me just see if if this is right um so where are you living now pittsburgh pennsylvania oh you're still in pittsburgh all right yeah all right. Um, We're checking your uh, geography. <laughs> so yeah, you're you're right next to a sun line. Now, yeah, if this birth time is correct, you're not in a bad spot. See, okay. it, it, notice if I place my cursor right on this sun line, which is to the west, it's actually in Ohio, uh, just west of you. You look at the upper left-hand corner of the screen. You can see it's 81 West 03. So. If this birth time is right, because if your birth time's off, this will shift every, every uh, about 30 seconds. The planets move seven miles. So, you know, you get a little latitude. But if you were right there, if this birth time's right, that's like going to a concert and standing in front of the band with your paint legs vibrating on that sun icy <laughs> line. It's really, really oh, good. Wow. 
Yeah, a okay. hundred miles to the east is the front row of the concert hall. Two is the back, and three hundreds off the radar screen. So they have a fairly, you know, good influence to the east. But if you're west, it's much different. Again, right on it in front of the band with your pant legs vibrating. Three hundred miles to the west is the front row of the concert hall. Six is the back. And 900s out in the parking lot. So they actually do work very similar to light and sound. If you've ever heard of the inverse square law, that's exactly how they work. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're in a good spot overall. And then you got to turn on these. These are the geometry or geometric aspects to your birth chart, wherever you see triangles that think good. So you do have a try. These have about a hundred mile influence either side of the line for the front row of the concert hall, 200 to the back and 300 out in the parking lot. So the, the triangles are, are real good. Whatever you see a trying, that means 120 degree aspect. And that that's like, again, going down the road with, you know, your favorite music on and no traffic. Good luck finding that in modern society. But uh, the squares are more uh, like traffic. So you're not in a bad spot if this birth time is correct, because I, I don't know if I trust it 100%. I, I did get a pretty good hit on that. So you might be born at 122, 23. So your birth certificate could say 125. I'm going to have to look for that. Um, yeah. yeah. It'll be on there. It's really important to start with that because uh, see, and then you're going to have transits too, which are coming through. You know, location astrology is amazing. It really is. It's it's quite good. So you're not in a bad spot. You're not in a bad spot at all. Show us on the map a, a bad spot. So what actually shows you a bad spot? Well, it's not a bad spot. You, you, you got to be careful. You, you see what's interpreted as bad um, are malefic planets. Like Saturn always brings restriction. Like he's got a Saturn ascending line running through Texas up okay. through Oklahoma. So Saturn lines tend to have, and notice each planet has AS, MC, DS, or IC. That stands for sunrise, the, where the ascendant is, where sun rises. So that planet will take on a personal. So people that live on Saturn ascending lines tend to find it's all work and no play and a lot of responsibilities. It's a little bit like dragging a box of rocks up the hills without wheels. Um, see where he's at is good because he's next to a sunlight. Sunlines are elegant. See, if I put the description on the screen, because it's on the IC, that's a fancy term in astrology. That means the fourth house cusp. So he's close to it. See, if, if we were to, that's a good line, home and family and real estate thrive on that. So uh, again, I don't have your, you, you plugged into all the charts. See, I, I spend 30, 40 minutes getting ready for a reading. See, you are, if this birth time is right, you are east of that line by about 58 miles. And that's if you live right in Pittsburgh. I don't know if you live outside or north, south, east or west, but just in general, you're somewhere between 55 and 60 miles east of it. So that's a good influence if this birth time is right. And you also have a Uranus descending line. So good and bad doesn't apply. Like here's a, here's a bad line. Okay, well, up here. Should he's he be got better? A, would he be better off moving to Ohio? Like to get closer uh, to that line. He could if he. Well, depends where. See, he's got a a Mars Saturn latitude crossing in the northern portion of yeah. both Ohio and well, Pennsylvania. Ohio, you know, South Ohio. Let's say. Yeah, South Ohio, or right on these lines. Yeah, because that's yeah. a good line. Yeah. See, like up here, he's got a. Latitude crossing, you can see where I'm reading this, at 41 North, 4618. He's got a Saturn Mars. Plain English, that's like beating your head against the wall. 
if you want to do welding, uh, you know, kickboxing or military stuff, it's really good for that. But it's pretty intense for the average person to live on it. Then he's got a moon Pluto line right underneath that. Moon Pluto lines are horrible. That's fingernails on the chalkboard. See, because the moon is emotions and Pluto is intensity. So, you know, see, that's what I mean. So you, you don't just say good and bad, like what would be a good place or a bad place. You have to really analyze what it means. So like, watch, if I click on that Mars-Saturn line, even though he's way away from it, um, see, these horizontal lines only have a maximum 30 mile north and south influence. So if you get right on one, that's like standing in front of the band with your pant legs vibrating. 10 miles north or south is the front row of the concert hall. 20 miles is the back of the concert hall. And 30 is out in the parking lot. See, so these have a very narrow influence. So he's not going to feel that in Pittsburgh. You know, so this is, you know, I call this line suckaroo big time. Look at bashing your head against the wall. It's horrible. Mars and Saturn. Now, this one down here is Alice in Wonderland. He's got a Venus-Neptune line. It, that's what I mean. You have a plethora of realities that wow. you'll experience going to these things. And, you know, like Mercury lines, if he went over here on this Mercury line way over here, look at in the very eastern portion of what which we'll call it uh, either New York or you could say the eastern portion of Pennsylvania. And, of course, right down here through Maryland, uh, he's got a Mercury IC line. What is that line? That's excellent for communications, completely different than the sun. See, here's what's really easy to get your brain around all this astrology stuff. See, if you look at this little diagram, everything is the circle, which is the seed of creation, which is the sun. It's also where our hearts are. The moon is the crucible. Dad puts seed in mom's womb, just like farmer puts seed in the ground. And spirit becomes manifest on the four elements of the earth. So sunrise, noon, sunset, and midnight is really another way of looking at the cross or the four archangels of matter, which is Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, and Oriel. All the rest of the glyphs of the planets come from the combinations of the seed, the crucible, and manifestation. Look at Mercury, the crescent of the moon, over the sun, over the cross. See, so it is really good when you move by Mercury lines. Why? Because just like this text says, they become very communicative. See, the crescent over the sun, over the cross. So once you get the nomenclature, it really works. See, the sun is the seed, so it's always generative. I, I've actually worked with doctors, and we found people who move by their sun lines, their health picks up you know, immediately. Um, I better I, move I, to Ohio. That's all yeah. I could say. I better no, but uh, real quick, Jeff, I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but we have to thank our um, we have to thank Carnation for sponsoring the second hour of our show. So mm -hmm. thank you, Carnation. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Jeff, I got another question. Because yeah. uh, I'm always like thinking way out of the box. There, there was a time I know in like, let's say, astrological charts going back 1500 BC, whatever, 1000 BC, that they could only see four planets, you know, and then they added a fifth planet, a sixth planet, a seventh planet. Now, obviously, what you got is up to date because we know there's eight or nine, depending on whether you count Pluto. But how, does that have any effect on the on the fact that the ancient world that was talking about this and writing a lot of this, uh, they couldn't see Uranus and, and Pluto and maybe not. not even, that doesn't, that doesn't affect what 
they said back then, maybe? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know what text you're reading, but I'll tell you what, you get into the Vedas, um, the Vedas, and this is thousands of years ago, they not yeah. only knew about Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto. Really? <clears throat> oh, God, yeah. They called them different. They were called Mandy, and they were the shadow planets. They were outside yeah. of the purview of, of vision. See, Saturn in is all the visible planets. You can see Saturn clearly in the sky. Stand yeah. out there and look at it once you know where it is. And, and Jupiter, you can really see. So all the planets are visible at night at certain times, of course, if they're above the horizon. So the Vedas knew that not only were there the nine planets, but they also knew that there were asteroids and shadow planets. They knew about the nodes and the eclipses of the moon. But they also knew that our solar system went around a central sun about every 26,000 years. Mm -hmm. Now, the flat earthers laugh at that, but there's actually evidence that our solar system is going around the central sun just under a half a billion miles an hour. Now, a lot I get a lot of hate mail for that. Well, we're flat earthers and we don't believe. Okay, it's still a celestial model. Matter is that the procession, like that. the 26,000 years? The yeah, procession. it's about 25,700 something. Yeah. Nobody knows. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's called it's, a procession, right? Yeah, it's a procession, the equinoxes. Yeah. And they also knew that our galaxy had a 250 million year galactic cycle. Now you don't learn this stuff from sitting on mountaintops and camels watching stars. You know, this is why you call it extraterrestrials. I believe it was angels. And the yeah. proof of that in my mind is this right here, this little diagram, the Archangel Raziel. See, if you look here, this is where the text came from. See, the Archangel Raziel was believed to be the angel that delivered to Adam, or you could say the first human, um, from God how this place worked. And it explained that the astrology is not us, but the astrology is the amalgam of good blessings, curses, and all points in between that the soul is going to experience during these incarnations. And I think it was a lot different back then. The moon may not have had the phases that it had. You know, when you take the uh, the astronomy of the earth, and, you know, I, I get hate mail about this too. Well, you know, Harmon's wrong because it's not 23, 44, whatever. The bottom line is, is we are hanging here. And, and I defy anyone to tell me that it's not colder in the Northern Hemisphere than it is in the summertime, because that's why we have our seasons, right? Is the angularity of the earth. And there are people who dispute that exact degree. There's many people who feel it's at a different degree and the magnetics have been moving and all that. But I can tell you, it's got to be pretty close because of the geometry and location astrology. And uh, no one knows why that is. Uh, I can tell you, I sure don't. Uh, there's not a guy in the guy uh, in the sky with a string running it around the sun. Uh, it certainly isn't gravity holding it there, um, because gravity would not hold something quite like that at an angle. Magnetics might, but uh, I don't think hard scientists can answer that definitively. You know, it's interesting. And, Mars is on the exact same tilt as Earth. That's isn't that interesting? Yeah, the yeah. us and Mars exactly the same, and I don't think Mars has much of a magnetic field anymore, so it's not magnetics either. <laughs> Look at Uranus; it's 180 degrees on its side. Yeah, I mean it's bizarre. This whole solar system. So does that tell you that we slowly are tipping like that? Like you know, five thousand years from now, we'll be another five degrees or something. 
I mean, there's legends that sometimes it happens all at once and sometimes yeah, no, it yeah. slips. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we see the mast mastodons with, you know, daisies in their mouth. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we've been to this barbecue many times and it, it may not play the same way. I think souls have a lot to do with this because if you really jump back to the Sefer Ratzial and the Sefer Yetzirah, these are really ancient texts that talk about how everything here, they, they literally say if the seraphims, cherubims, and the thrones were not chanting the permutations of God's name, that literally the entire Yetzirahic universe is, and I do say that plurally, would cease to exist. Everything is energy, everything. And it's much more than we know. I mean, quantum physicists are theorizing about torsional waves and all this other stuff, you know, and, and they're, they're not wrong, but I, I don't think we have a clue just to how complex it is. And I think it's held here in very specific states by the angels, the particularly the upper angels that surround the, the throne, the Orphanum and, you know, the powers and, and the uh, cherubs and the thrones and all that. So it's really deep stuff. And um, clearly, you know, the astrology is the matrix that we enter into. And, and this gets into, I love this diagram here. It's one of my favorite. See, the lower conscious mind is known to be the nefesh. I showed you that book before, the nefesh hasitzim. That just simply means cramming consciousness into a body. And they say this is the lower present personality, which actually is not us. It forms in the womb. If you think about it, every one of us, no matter how smart we think we are, we only know what we know. And if you take a child and you bring them up, you know, in a totally different culture, or even if I move or you move to some other, we're going to start having accents after a number of years that yeah. are commensurate with our exposure. So the lower conscious mind is like silly putty. And Dr. Emoto, who is the really, I got to meet him. He's a pretty cool guy. He passed away, but um, he didn't call him this, but he referred to uh, the messages in water. Of course, he froze water. And he said, you know, positive thoughts on all his books came out looking like sacred geometry. Fear, worry, anger, violence, discord came out looking like gobbledygook. Well, it's believed that we emit those thought form elementals out of the third eye chakra. This is why old Hollywood was right. You are you, What you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear a word you're saying. And that's really true because we, we really our physiognomy and our whole essence is far greater than the physical. And I, I really believe that this is the magic that follows us from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime. That's that etheric energy, which is kind of the spiritual DNA of the soul. And, and look at the glyphs of the planets. All planets glyphs come from the seed, the crucible and creation. Look at Venus, the sun over the cross, rules love and passions. Jupiter's the crescent of the moon over the cross, largest planet in the solar system. It's like a divine parabolical dish, scooping up the energy and concretizing it into your life. They actually call it the blessings upon the soul. Mars, the planet of wars, the cross over the sun. Now they change it to an arrow. And then look at Saturn. Saturn operates just up above the so-called psychiatric model of the subconscious mind. 
previously concretized energies across over the crescent of the moon. This is why it's really mysterious. You and I and everyone listening will die when K2, which is the moon's ecliptic south node, matches up with K2, and the north node matches up with the life force of Jupiter and Mars. We're out of here. And I've seen it. I don't care if you're three years old, three minutes, or 95. You, you will take the pipe when those very specific energies come into play. And um, it, it's very mysterious that uh, I think the angularity of the earth has a lot to do with longevity. We hear about the saints and the prophets living hundreds of years. That's probably true, in my opinion. And it could be again. It, it seems the waves of souls coming through here have a direct effect on maybe when that axis tip will come. Hey, Jeff, um, thank you for all that. But I think, um, could you give us a little preview Could what could be happening in 2023 for us? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's all fun stuff. Yeah, I'll tell you, 2023 is going to be a shitstorm, for lack of a better expression. The reason why the United States, I'll show you, this is Vedic astrology. This is the United States chart. And there was a man um, named Ebenezer Sibley, who was a Mason, who purportedly recorded the time that all the boys were dimping their quill pens into the ink wells and signing the Declaration of Independence. And they, you know, I'm not claiming it's right, but I, I, I do go by it and I find it's very accurate. It's uh, 5, 10 p.m. Well, the United States is really going through some nasty stuff. Um, and we, I don't think we need astrology to tell us that. The On the 17th of uh, January, and I, I've got, I, I would tell everybody listening, go to my YouTube channel. It's Jeff Harmon Astrology. Well, I've got some really good videos that you can watch on this and you can sign up and we'll notify you when new stuff comes out. But I got a really good video we just put up today and of the last few days on this stuff where I get into what's going on. The United States has the Saturn's transit over the moon. That always brings economic hardship and so on and so forth. And the other thing, and this is the biggest one, right before the Civil War, the United States had something called Neptune squaring Mars. And the Civil War broke out in 1861 right after that. Well, guess what, folks? We're there again. And you can see right here about March 6th is the final, that little square right there. You can see that they, that intersects with the United States. This is called a graphic ephemera. So you can actually see when planets are direct and retrograde. So this interconnects with the United States, Mars. I don't care what time they signed the uh, Declaration of Independence, this is going to happen in and around there. That is an aspect of subterfuge. And I think it's safe to say nobody believes in the elections anymore. Nobody believes anything these barefaced liars tell us in Washington, the District of Criminals. And it used to be the District of Columbia, but they changed it, or at least I changed the name, because this is an aspect of subterfuge. And the Civil War actually broke out in 1861, just after this completed. I'm not saying we're going to get a civil war, but I think we're already in one, but it's much different than the past. And the other one we've got in 2024 
is right here, the Pluto return. This is the sidereal Pluto return. We actually had the tropical right when Biden got in office. Um, and what does this mean? Well, the Roman Empire broke up on the first Pluto return, just like the United States is having. So Pluto returns to its position about every 240 to 250 years. And empires seem to rise and fall during that point. So we're in the most dramatic time the United States has ever seen. And I don't think we need astrology to tell us the borders being infiltrated by terrorists, cells and groups being put in here. The cancer that's rotting from within uh, has been strategically financed and placed here. People who will do what they're told to do or they'll lose their families. And if they do what they're told to do, they have a nice Swiss bank account with the IRS looking the other way. So we've got all kinds of stuff that the astrology is showing is lining up more intensely than ever before. And I'll show you a graphic on the United States here. I'm going to put up what we call a bi-wheel. Now, this is more traditional astrology. This is the United States birth chart on the inner wheel. The outer wheel right now is the transits. You can actually see the Pluto returning to Pluto here. See that? See it right there. You can actually see the degrees and minutes. Very, very close. And what's more importantly, if we switch over to an ancient system called primary or solar arc directions. This outer wheel is going to change to that. Here's the one that I'm a little worried about. Mars, by the way, it took 246 years because that's how old the United States is. If you look, every single planet in this birth chart to the outer wheel has moved 246 degrees. Why? Because it's 246 years. Each degree equals a year. The moon, you can see OA54, that's the symbol for a conjunction. That means in 54 minutes of arc, the degrees and minutes of that Mars will join the United States moon. FYI, one degrees a year, 45 minutes is nine months, 15 minutes is three months, and 30 minutes is six months. You just break a degree down. So if we go back to that tool we are using and show the progressions, the United States has some exceedingly dangerous stuff coming in. When? Right there, folks. It's going to be right at the latter part. Actually, I have a procession on. It's going to be a little bit earlier than that. It's going to be right about there. It's going to be right at the end of November of 2023. But I think it's going to start happening right in here. Um, all through the summer in, and I think they want it to happen. The owners, George Carlin was right. Forget the politicians. You have owners. The owners, I think, are, are seeing the United States as, as the blockage to globalism right. and the climate change ruse and all the crap they're feeding us about yep. the farting cows and your diesel and everything else. The, the weather is actually getting colder. Uh, we're we're at a grand solar minimum. Yep. And these bozos are telling us they want to put in these uh, ESGs or environmental sustainability taxes, right? So that what they want to do is break the middle class. You know, Biden isn't doing this, though he he's signing what they tell him to do. I, I don't think Biden and Harris could tie their shoes together and, and get it right. They mm -hmm. probably end up tying together. But but the um, their fence posts, they were put in there to give us the illusion. And all of them are bought and paid for, in my opinion. And the few that aren't, 
are 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 worried. They they you know, the United States is in big trouble right now. And if this Mars is, you're gonna see. Everybody looks at right when it's exact. No, no. When it, when it's in with within one degree, which it is. See, you can see the linear line as it goes to the conjunction. That's where it's zero degrees. That's when the shrap metal really is going to be in the wall. But between now and then, it, this is a violent time. They are bringing in terrorist groups. The CIA has been involved with Al Qaeda forever. Um, and if if certain things come out, like Elon Musk is really a modern day Thomas Paine. Um, he, he really, you remember Thomas Paine, he was uh, considered the father of the revolutionary, you know, movement in, in, from the colonies in England. And uh, I have a good video on my uh, YouTube about that. And uh, he, he wrote the, the, the book Common Sense, which many of you may remember from school. And uh, he, he basically was the reason the colonists rallied behind George Washington. Well, in some ways, there's a lot of parallel with what Musk is doing. But mm. Musk owns one of the largest tunnel boring companies in the world. And, um, you know, of course, SpaceX and everything else. But he, I think he's backed by a faction of nationalists, even though he is who he is and he may not, you know, be, you know, everyone, you know, has questioned him in one way or another. But he's certainly proving that he's exposing stuff. And just like that little weasel Fauci right now, that he's really getting exposed on the gain of function and that this whole thing with COVID was probably a setup yep. and uh, I'll be called a conspiracy theorist. But um, I, I uh, people were asking me for years, Jeff, what do you think of the Mayan calendar and Nibiru? I said, not a thing. I said, I can't come up with nothing on the Mayan calendar. All I the said, Mayan calendar did was identify that 26,000 year cycle. That's all it did. December uh, 21st, 2012. I don't know yeah, well, I'm just saying, yeah. from what yeah. I've read, it started the new cycle. That's all it did. <laughs> well, but and it, nobody it, can yeah. nail down these dates 100%. Yeah, I know. But yeah. getting back to Musk, in my yeah. mind, Musk is the time man of the year. What he did by buying Twitter and exposing what they did was the most important thing that happened in 2022. He, he's he's the modern Thomas Paine. Anybody yeah. that hasn't heard of Thomas Paine, look him up. He was an American hero. Thomas Paine was also behind the French Revolution too. And so what? So what are the leftists doing to Tesla? Right to Musk? They're collapsing the price of Tesla. Do you think that that's a coincidence that nope. that stock has dropped in half, 12 percent today, because he's used that money? to expose Twitter. That's exactly what they're doing. You bet. And and I can tell you, I think he's backed by some very interesting people. There are a few people left who love their children too and realize that if they if this doesn't get stopped, we're going to end yeah. up in full-fledged yeah. digital communism. And that's and where those we're are, going. Those are the same people and groups that I think backed Trump six years ago or seven years ago, whatever it was in 2015. And they've seen Trump's gotten into trouble. They're moving on to Musk and they'll find another one and another one. Hopefully it's not Kanye West, even though he's helping also, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you this next year in 2024, since it's already 23, we have an even worse one coming. This is the primary directed Saturn, the planet of karma conjuncting the planet of war 
right there in the fall of 2024, months before the next dystopiocratic you know, whitewashing deal called an election. So it's it's really kind of creepy what's going on. I hope I'm wrong about this, but I have never, ever you can't get these aspects twice. A conjunction happens once every 360 years. The United States is 246 years old. So when you look at the confluence of all the astrology in Vedic astrology, and in, this is more Egyptian orientated or Chaldean and Greek, it's very ancient. Nobody really knows. I don't even think it's fair to call it any of those. It's just ancient ant antiquity uh, of knowledge to astrology. This stuff was... I mean, you find it in Egypt, you find it in Chaldea, Mesopotamia, you know, Greece, all the way up to the medieval times. They knew about this stuff. They knew that the heavens, you know, Galileo and Benjamin, all these people were totally into astrology. They were called astronomers. Today, it's, you know, love, light and clueless. Hey, baby, what's your sun sign? And this old stuff is, is not woo-woo channeling. It is mathematics and geometry. And it's very specific. It's, it's actually a geometric science of the heavens to events on earth. The Romans used to do a ritual before they sacked the city to chase the angel of the city away so they could sack it easier. So this is knowledge that's been around a long, long time, and it's still around in the occult secret societies. Why do you think we hear about the child trafficking and all this stuff that's going on and, and the sacrifices? And a lot of people, well, that's conspiracy theory. I, I wish it were, but it's yeah, that actually on. that stuff goes not. on. It's actually not. Yep. And there's some very demonic forces working in and around and through these people, and they hate the human race. They hate it. That Lenin had a a, a thing on on, I think a, a plaque on his wall that said, "We don't care if we kill three quarters of the human race, as long as the final quarter left becomes communist." And that's how these people think. Yep. And we're heading in that direction. You bet we are. And I'm telling you, they would love to kill off three quarters of the human race. And they tried it with COVID and all yep. the stuff that's going on. Yep. There was an attorney just speaking about why a lot of the flights are grounded. And that's because they're now finding pilots are passing out from their boosters and everything else that mm -hmm. they've had. Yep. Yeah. How about that? Well, you know, I remember about. I remember a few years ago there was a show on Discovery Science or something about the planet well after humans, the Earth after humans, if you remember that. And they were so proud to talk about how if all the humans died, how the planet would recover and the air would be cleaner and all of this. Well, for who? <laughs> we won't be here. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's yeah, that gets into the but they were the so proud of it. If we no weren't here. Like, we're the cancer of the planet, human beings. I'm not worried about the planet. Uh, I think George had it right. The, the, the planet's like a big dog, and we're the fleas. Yeah, and the planet self-corrects. It does. Of course. Yeah. I, I mean, look at creation. I mean, it's really people, scientists and weathermen don't believe this stuff. How can you pour millions of tons of pollutants into the atmosphere, and it's yep. clear? I know I'll drive from the land of the fruits and nuts here in oh, California correct. and I'll head, I'll head East and you go, where's all this pollution going? 
The deserts are clear. You know, there is literally angelic forces. They call them the nature spirits that that process this stuff. Of course, science will say, well, it's the chemical reaction of molecules and, uh, you know, H2O and this and that and, and acid rain, which they are right. I'm not demeaning that, but it doesn't fit. You know, then that would mean if that were all true, why isn't the ground and all the rocks and the cars just rusted into nothing? You know, mm. <laughs> there's a lot more divinity going on here than yeah, if ever. We didn't have, us- if we didn't have all this carbon, the food wouldn't grow as quickly. Plants wouldn't grow. You'd have all kinds of famines all over the world without the carbon, you know, That's and they want to they want to capture the carbon and get rid of it. You know, it, it's, the it's opposite. they want to bankrupt us. Yeah, See, St- Stalin's. St- Stalin was running out of ammunition and men to go kill all the farmers. So what he did was he said, you know what? This is getting too expensive. Let's just starve them out. If you shut down yeah. diesel fuel, trains and trucks, and that's exactly what they're up to. Mm-hmm. And if they shut it all down and get all the coal plants shut off, we're all going to be screaming, please save us because we won't have food. We won't have electricity and the grids will be failing. And if they cause enough terrorists to come in here and knock out our power grids and cause enough chaos, everyone will scream, please save us. Well, they'll institute martial law and put everybody on government stipend. And what do you got? You, you got a communistic yeah, existence. You, you have communism. And Europe's even closer to it. They don't have the uh, oil and gas for the winter, and they're telling people to cut trees down, and you know, uh, because you got to heat your house some way. They're even closer to it than we are. I talk to clients in different parts of the world. I thought our energy prices were high. I'm hearing people telling me three to five times they're paying more than what yeah, we're paying. Three to five times. Yep. Wow. New Zealand, uh, Australia. Um, you know, we've actually got it better here than a lot of places have yeah. it. Yeah. And I think we always will until it collapses. They're working on it. They really yeah. are. And and the dystopiocrats are telling everyone in, in the District of Criminals, you know, here, here's all the money you need. You do what we tell you to do. And you're, you're going to have a life of opulence and you can watch the crowd scream down there. If you don't, we'll kill your family. Yeah. And they're not kidding around. This this is a mob that's way beyond, you know, Al Capone and anybody like that. This is some dangerous dudes. I agree. And I think the devil is behind all of it. I, I think it's a real entity. I think you're right about that. The demons There's are real. The fallen angels. And people have given their souls to this for, you know, for fame and power here. And uh, But, you know, we're here a short time. Eternity is forever. Yeah, yeah. There seems I, Jeff, to be. I'm so, I'm so glad you think the same way I do. I, you know, it's like because well, you, you know, as far as you know, demons and angels. I think all of the unexplained stuff that we talk about on the show, you know, paranormal, UFOs, abductions. I think it's all demonic stuff, and you know, angels and demons. That's what I think it is. A lot of it is. I really believe that. I really, really do. I think there's extraterrestrials too, but I, but I also think. There is what what gives me comfort about all of this, in my mind at least, um, is I really believe that if these guys could, they would destroy the human race in a nanosecond. Right. They can't. They're they're literally. In fact, the ancient rabbinical texts specifically talk about the human soul actually 
if it's visited by angels, not through magic, magic is really dangerous. See, the spirits want us to do magic. Right. And there's a lot of grimoires and secret societies where they summon spirits and they do all this crazy stuff. Very dangerous stuff. I very, very. I always say to folks, don't get involved with that if you can. By all means, uh, stay away from it. But they literally do this kind of stuff right here. See that. And they, and they do. Now, that's an old pictorial of it mm -hmm. from Manly P. Hall. But but they do this. They There's literally texts like the Abretel, the Picatrix. There's, these are ancient grimoires that is very specific about summoning the planetary angels and the Shemhem of Forest, the Goetia, the uh, lesser and greater keys of Solomon. Very, 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 very dangerous stuff. Because once they get your address, they they you, you end up you're in marked. some form making a pact. Yeah, they, you're, they, yeah, you're hooked. You're done. And the thing about the ancient sacred holy magic, and see, if the churches were really interested in empowering people, they would tell you the truth. And that is, if a person purifies the soul enough, they will get one of the upper angels to appear to them and teach them how to control these guys. They literally are slaves and they do not want anyone learning it. They don't. And that's what's really interesting. And the scripture cannot be broken. And if our fine religion, they really failed on that one. That one really got buried. I agree. They, they, should, they, they should be telling people about this in their Sunday sermons and, they're and not. warning people. And, and so you understand it. It's like I you can't even blame them it, because yeah. the, their, their whole doctrine, they've sworn an oath to uphold the doctrines of the church or this or that or whatever organization they're in. And they don't even get a chance to learn it. Yeah. It's like looking at creation science. I started looking at that five, six years ago. The more you hear about it and listen to their scientific explanations, creation makes so much more sense than it ever did to me, you know, but you don't hear them yeah. talking about it. You don't hear them talking about it in any Sunday sermons. They don't even know about it. They don't know the science. Yeah, that's right. It. That's right. I, I had a, a real opportunity back in the 80s to get around some of the smartest theologians out of Rome. Uh, there was a guy named John Harden. His name was Father John Harden. He was one of the top theologians. And he had worked with, um, I forget the Pope that got shot. Who was that back in the 80s? Uh, John wow. Paul. I think yeah. And uh, he knew him. He worked right underneath him. And I had recorded all of these um theologian talks at a place called Bellarmine Retreat House in Chicago. Very expensive, elaborate, money just gushing out of that place. And there's a lot going on there. And I I don't want to say too much because I'm on the air, but I can just tell you, I real quickly got to the point where, listen, folks, you know, I'll do my business. I'll give you your product and you move on. Because there's a very questionable behavior that I I caught. And anyone who thinks that there isn't a little more stuff going on with sex there is, is got to look at it. And I, I just well, don't go there at all. Everywhere. And, everywhere. and, and I, I can tell you that, um, you know, I'm not accusing everyone there of it. What I am saying is that I saw enough to, to really raise an eyebrow in certain circles. I'll just say that. And I don't want to say who or with what or any organization, but, but the, and it wasn't him. It wasn't that father John Hart, because I don't want to get a lawsuit here from the church over that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mr. Armin, you've been sued for. Don't worry, uh, they're not watching. But, they're not watching this show. Yeah, well, it wasn't that, but I, but I, in the circles of that whole genre, I did see things in certain places. I'll just say that, that I thought were, you know, a little bit like the church has been accused of, you know, pedophilia and stuff like that. And I don't like that stuff. I'm really, I mean, talk about raising a hair on my back. That'll do it. And, and the, the, um, you know, again, there's a demonic force. Malachi Martin actually met with M. Scott Peck and he, um, he was the man who wrote the book, the people of the lie and the road less travel. He's a psychiatrist. I think he just passed away. It was quite yeah, it's about two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, Malachi Martin told him, he said, you know, I know you're writing this book, people of the lie about evil. And, uh, he was telling him all kinds of very, very fascinating stuff about what was going on in these hierarchies. And, uh, there's a lot of power and a lot of money and wherever those two seem to end up, you, you get some very questionable behavior in humanity. You said the name of that book is people of the lie. Yeah, People of the Lie by M. Scott Peck. That was square. Yeah, I've read a couple of his books, People of the yeah. Lie. I'll have to get that. It's really, it's it's an analysis from a psych, psychiatrist on evil. Um, he and a, another psychiatrist I really love is uh, Dr. Carl Wickland. Dr. Carl Wickland, uh, here I'll show you. He wrote a book called 30 Years Among the Dead. One of my favorite books. Mm. I'll just show you. It's on Amazon. And uh, I call it Amazon. But uh, here, let's see what I can find. <laughs> 30 years among the dead. Dr. Carl Wickland was the man who, yeah, 30 years among the dead. Here it is. Um, this is it right here. And what a book. This is a doctor who graduated from the Chicago School of Medicine in 1916 or 1918. It's in the book. And he did not believe in anything spiritual. Total. In fact, he's the man who popularized shock therapy treatment and uh, lobotomies, all this stuff. He was hardcore science. And all his students said, you know, we see ghosts and stuff around cadavers. And he's like, I don't believe in that stuff. So he graduates in Chicago, somewhere in the teens, the late teens. And he comes to Los Angeles and becomes the head of the Los Angeles County Mental Institution right when, you know, Will Rogers and Frank Capra and Valentino, that was the birth of Hollywood, you know, the 20s and uh, the late teens. And um, he did, he was doing shock therapy treatment, all this really pretty noirish type stuff. So he goes to a party and meets a woman, becomes smitten with her and wants to marry her. Well, once he's married, he finds out she's a psychic channel. <laughs> so this is like the other side of the world for Mr. Linear here, you know, Mr. Science. And so he undertakes a study to see if she's rational or not, see if she's delusional in her channeling. And he finds that she took on a spirit who turns to him and says, you're the man who's been shocking me with all that lightning. And he says, well, what do you mean? And the person proceeded to explain a shock therapy treatment. They used to call them wind hand generators that went awry. And he knew the person in his wife's body knew so much detail. He said, my God, you, you had, you, there's no way you could have known that. Had you not Hit that read more right there. Hit the read more. So I can just a little below, go down, go down, go down, uh, go down. Oh, here, yeah, right yeah. there, that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so what does he do? Um, he then gets the guy in dialogue to realize he's dead. And the guy says, well, that makes sense. Nobody, 
no, nobody, you know, talks to me anymore. And it's, I'm in this dark place. He said, well, you must be possessing my patient's aura. So he gets them to go off, quote unquote, into the light, or at least the realization allowed him to do that. Well, then what does he do? He goes back, the doctor goes back and the patient clears up completely. He, he discharged her in a very short amount of time. So the next 30 years, and this is why it has the morbid title, the next 30 years he spends with his wife releasing all these people who are deceased who didn't know. We call them ghosts. But the Sharihat Gilgam and the Bhagavad Gita and the Vedic scriptures talk about there's just myriads of souls constantly recycling back in and back in. And that's what astrology is. You know, we're not our astrology. We are, I think, our, astrology is us. Yeah. Pull up the other book, the, the one about the lies from Peck, People of the Lies, whatever it was. Yeah. Well, here, let me, before I jump off this one really quick, a, a couple other books people might be interested. Go snatch this one. This is a medical doctor who got sick and tired of the... Uh, the uh, you know prescriptions and the surgeries. She just passed away. A wonderful lady died in her nineties. Medical doctor who became a regression therapist. The, the clinical stories in here of people who didn't even know they were passed away. Here's another one who got a rip her license ripped out of her hands. Doctor Edith Fiore, The Unquiet Dead. This book written back in the nineties. Excellent book all about clinical trials for getting people to clear up. And I have so many clients who are psychiatrists and, you know, I hear the stories in prisons and federal prisons and stuff that they tell me about. And I'm like, this person is possessed. I said, you bet they are. Yep. You can actually see that with astrology. So people of the lie or hang on. Of the lie. I, I think it's M. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, it's right there. Uh, yeah. So uh, there you go. Um, good book. I got this book. It's a very good book. Wow, it's only 10 bucks. Look at that. <laughs> um, not bad. I'll tell you another book you want to snatch that's really good. It's called The Screw Tape Letters by the incredible C.S. Lewis. Yeah, I read that. Yes. C.S. Lewis, yes. C.S. Lewis. And, of course, Mr. Narnia, Lion, Witch, and a Wardrobe. This book is about a little demon named Screw Tape who reports to his uncle, one of my human subjects just joined a religion. What am I going to do? Ah, don't worry about a thing. We've taken good care of those religions. Somebody will come bustling up with a book about us that nobody understands anymore because we had it all taken out, right? And and don't worry. They'll, they'll notice the hypocrisy and so-and-so sitting there acting all holy and thou on Sunday, and then they'll be screwing each other and, you know, in the rest of the week. And uh, taking it back. So don't worry about a thing. We take, get them to think about sex. Get them to think about this. You know, it's really quite stunning. And C.S. Lewis actually says in here, he cannot validate where the text came from, nor whether it's fact or fiction. What an interesting book. What is it called again? I can't see it. It's too screw small. Tape. Oh, the screw, screw tape, tape letters. letters. The screw tape letters. Yeah, it's about Uncle Screwtape, the demon, by C.S. Lewis. Yeah, I read that years ago. Yeah, I, I love C.S. Lewis. You know, he, he he was very, very smart. You know, the scientists will sit there and say, and well, he was water a, boils at, two four, or at 200 and something degrees, 212, right? And he and says, he well, that's so great. I wanted a cup of coffee right, or a cup of tea. Yeah, he wasn't a believer. He was, and, and then he turned, right? He turned into a believer. Yeah, him and... Um, who was the Lord of the Rings writer, not Tolstoy? Tolkien. 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 Yeah. They, are. They, they were became very good friends in a pub 
and started uh, collaborating on a lot of things. Huh. That's in interesting. Right See, one of the last of the great astrologers, which he he's what we call the traditions, uh, was a man named William Lilly. Lilly died in 1681, and with him kind of died the traditions of astrology. See, he he was the last one. That whole era, there was a bunch of English and French and and uh, medieval astrologers that were all kind of dying off in the late 1600s, and that was pretty much it. After that, it was you know if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. So and astrology is the work of the devil. So it's it's like it all shifted, and the industrial revolution came in just a little short of about 90 or 80 years from then. Yeah, for about 200 years, it died off from that point to right. uh, the end of the you know, 1800s. And then Alistair Crowley got his hands on the Golden Dawn. And, yep. uh, you know, and then he started bringing the uh, Enochian in and Enochian yep. magic and Solomon's the keys and all of that. That's, right. That's exactly what it, it is. And he stole all that stuff from Mathers. Mathers was pretty cool, in my opinion. He might have yeah, yeah, McGregor McMathers, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He was one of the – he and Waite were all the founders of the Golden Dawn. He, he had oh, currently yeah. gotten a lawsuit uh, over the documents uh, of the Golden Dawn. But uh, that stuff they all found in a bookstall, which came out of Germany. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the Golden Dawn is, you know, again, it, it's – it's a bastardized version of the true free Freemasonry that came up out of out of Egypt, and uh, you know, speaking of that, <laughs> uh, look at here. This is George Washington in the uh, doing a Masonic ritual. They're not hanging somebody over that. That is a block and tackle lowering the cornerstone of the Capitol in Washington D.C. when it used to be called the District of Columbia, and literally. They, they used astrology to lay this out. If you look at Washington, it is the whole city is laid out by a Masonic French architect. It is all sacred geometry, mm -hmm. the obelisks, the domes, the streets, the, the, the geometrics of that. Look at the Pentagon. It's a, it's a damn pentagram. You know, it's, it's Mars. It's, yeah. So it's, it's all symbolism. These guys are steeped in symbolism. And Washington, you know, he had a lot of really cool stuff around him that was very mysterious. Um, they tried to kill him. Washington was fighting with uh, the British before we defected from, you know, the crown. And, and I think it's 1762 or 64, somewhere around there, was the great conjunction that ushered in of Jupiter and Saturn that ushered in the Industrial Revolution. That's really when it started. And they said every officer fighting with Washington was shot and killed, except for one guy, I think his name was Braddock. And Washington had two horses shot out from underneath him, and he never had a bullet hole in him. They used to have his um, coat on display at the Smithsonian, bullet holes in his hat. He never had a bullet hole on him, and they don't know why. And an Indian chief later had said, uh, many years later, when he was with the Continental Army, he said, you, you have a great spirit over you. 
What's that music in the background? That's like getting close to the witching hour. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Anyways, he, he didn't have any bullet holes. And the, the chief said, you have a great spirit. We saw him over you, this great angel that was protecting you. He said, we tried to shoot you. We couldn't take you down. That's funny. Uh, That's and think about how they won that war. There is no way in hell Washington should have won right. a, yep. a well-equipped British. And he did. And he did. And yeah. I think we're out of time, huh? Yeah, we're getting close to the um, time to go. Um, I want to thank you so much for joining us again tonight. It was so yes, Jeff. Thank you. Informative yeah. and entertaining. I just wish we'd have got more into predictions for the year, but well, we could have. Well, I, I think we did a little bit. You know, I mean, it's it's a crap. We have you back here. on soon. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely. I'm not buying stocks on March 6th. Hey, oh, yeah, Jeff. Well, I don't know. Oh, I just, January yeah. 6th well. so, so, Jeff, if somebody wants to get, like, I would like to get a rating. So um, sure. I would contact you. Is that what I do um, on your website? Yeah. Uh, the best thing to do is go to jeffharmon.com. It's jeff at jeffharmon.com. That's the website. And then you can also, I really encourage people to go to my Instagram and also my uh, YouTube page, Jeff uh, Jeff Harmon Astrologer. And there's a lot of great uh, YouTube stuff we're putting up there right now. Okay. We're working on a number of shows, which you, there's where you can see a lot of the predictions. We just did uh, a couple of really good shows about the 2023 predictions. So if you didn't hear it here, you can certainly go mm -hmm. there. And if you sign up, you, you get notices when we put stuff out. Okay. And I know you're very, um, you say you have to have your exact time of birth now if you can't find that where should you go if you don't have any copies in the house so i know there's i know there's there's two different kinds of birth certificates there's a short form and the long form so try, try and get it at the courthouse or the, the hospital courthouse yeah. will have the time courthouse usually has it hall of records yeah. if, if you don't i can i can get it i can rectify it if i'm on the phone with you or the zoom you're welcome Neil. <laughs> i can usually get close okay yeah, right. but it's better if you start with a birth certificate. Okay. You can read, usually the state has a website that you can request. Yeah, but I don't think they have the long form because oh, okay. I don't think they have your time of birth. I know one thing for sure. You were born at a very young age. Who? <laughs> zero. Okay, we say. You were Nine born months. at a very early age. For a while. Nine <laughs> months. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Thank you. Okay, you are Jeff. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yes, have a you great new Thank year. you, and good luck to you all in the new year. Many blessings to us and this country. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yeah, this absolutely. country is in trouble. I agree. Absolutely, yeah. it is. And the criminals in the District of Criminals are not doing much about it. Nope, they're not. Their plan. Okay, well, you have a great we'll see night. What the Supreme Court does. They may surprise <laughs> us, I hope. That's I all hope we got so. right now is the Supreme Court. <laughs> all we got. Good night. Okay. Good night. Nice. Well, I think that was a great informative yeah, show. Was I, I was too busy, yes. too busy listening to even talk because I liked, he did a really good um, reading for me last year. So I'm hoping he'll be able to do a good one for me this year. But so there's so many things we need to talk about, but we're going to have to figure out our guests for next week who we're going to have on but i think we'll hopefully we'll get things panned out okay everybody thank you so much for joining us at chasing prophecy radio program you have a happy new year and god bless <laughs>